Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to be a part of this experience today. And this series that we're in is one that really has gotten me excited because it talks to us about how we can discover a new purpose even when everything in our lives is actually conspiring against us. And that's exactly what was happening to Paul when he writes the Philippians. He actually finds himself in prison. He's actually chained to guards and he is impeded in his freedom, in his movement. He's impeded in his ability to go about what his true purpose is. And if you ever have felt in your life like things were working against you, keeping you from fulfilling your purpose, then this message is going to resonate with you. If you ever felt like Life has conspired against you. People have conspired against you. That everything in society has been working against you. That anytime you have looked for a positive outcome, you have gotten a negative result instead. And Paul is one of those people who seems to just embrace whatever the challenges are in his life. It seems like nothing is enough to discourage him. He's quite an example of how we are to live our life. This is a person who understands his own personal direction and how he is to experience wholeness in his life. The first passage I want to bring to your attention is actually found in the book of Philippians. and It's found in chapter 1 and in verse 12. Now, in this passage, this is what Paul says to all the people who are concerned about him. Everybody's looking at Paul and thinking, what is he going through? And how can he be going through this yet again? And how can he possibly stay positive and joyful when all these things are clearly going wrong in his life? How can he have this kind of an outlook when clearly his life is not working out? Now, have you ever had someone look at your life and say, clearly things are not going your way? Where they have felt pity for you, where they have just looked at you and just felt so sad and so sorry because they saw that things were hard, that things were so difficult, that things were tragic, that things were so disappointing and frustrating for you. And it actually made them feel better about their own life because your life sucked so bad in that moment. I'm sure this has happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to others that we know. We have probably felt like this looking at someone else's life and said, thank God that's not me because this life is not the one that I would want to have right now. Well, Paul is in that position. 
Paul is a servant of God. I mean, he's a guy who's gotten God's favor and he has God's presence. He sees God's visions. He has God's words. He's able to not only speak them, but write them so powerfully and so effectively. And yet his life is an outright disaster. There is no one in the Bible who has more favor and more blessing than Paul, and yet he's going through more trouble than anyone else. You would figure it'd be the opposite. And so Paul's perspective is so important. And so in verse 12, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped me to spread the good news. And he's like telling them, don't be sad for me. This is amazing what has happened to me. And so he's basically saying, I want you to understand that I understand what's going on. That you may be confused by what's happening, but I am not confused at all. I understand my purpose. Now there are times in our lives, let's be honest, we do not understand our purpose. We don't understand what's happening. We don't understand how we can make sense of it. We don't understand how we can benefit from it, how God can use it, how it can further us and further the blessing in other people's lives. But this is not something that Paul is struggling with. You would expect him to struggle with it, but he's not. And it tells me something that is so important about the principles that we can all apply in our own lives. Because this is not about uplifting Paul and then, you know, debasing us, you know, making him seem so great and making us feel so bad about how we're not like him. But it's about looking to the principles that can truly make a difference in all of our lives. And so here's the first thing that I would say about that. Paul rejoices that his supreme calling in life is being fulfilled to advance the calling and the gospel that God has given him. He sees how this hasn't hurt his purpose. It's actually advanced it. And so in spite of all the challenges and all the obstacles against him, and, and I'm telling you there are so many. Let me list some of them, okay? First of all, it starts off with a false accusation of why he's in jail. Then there was mob violence towards him. He had to endure a torture chamber. There was an assassination plot against him. He is literally on death row. He is at the whim of a tyrant. And whatever this person declares, that is going to be his fate. He went through everything, including being shipwrecked. And yet all of these things, none of these things, none of them are affecting him. He knows that all of these things have created an opportunity for him to still be able to fulfill his calling. Now, when you know your calling, it's because you are able to make the most of where you are, no matter where you are. You make the most of where you are, no matter where you are. To have that kind of focus means you have to go back to your purpose. You've got to go back to your calling. You've got to go back to the God who has inspired you to live your best life. 
to the God who has put his presence in you and says, I have created you for a moment just like this. That I haven't left you, no matter what the circumstances say, I'm still going to use you powerfully. So would you look to me and see how I can inspire you even in this moment? And the amazing thing about the story is that the Bible tells us that guards were all were chained, were chained to Paul. Now I want you to understand that it's not Paul who's chained to the guards. It's the guards that are chained to Paul. Now we would look at that and say, Paul is chained to the guards. The way Paul sees it is that the guards are chained to me. I'm not here for their purpose. They're here for mine. And so every day, Paul spoke and preached and wrote the gospel, not only to those guards, but to all those who were outside of that prison. Can we say amen to that? You see, sometimes we just see the chains and we just see the guards, but we don't understand that the situation is actually reversed when God gets a hold of it. We see how we are held back, but we don't see how God is using that moment and those circumstances, those chains and those guards that are there to keep us in to really fulfill a greater plan and purpose that is going to get the message out even more than it ever could and even influence more people than we ever imagined. And so it gives us an opportunity to speak. It gives us an, an opportunity to write. It gives us an, an opportunity to influence. It gives us an opportunity to encourage. It gives us an opportunity to teach. And above all, it gives us an opportunity to exemplify what it means to be a follower of Jesus in this world. And everyone whose eyes are on us, thinking that they're the ones controlling us, are going to discover how we've been in control all along because the God who is in us is greater than anyone or anything that is in this world. In Philippians chapter 2 and in verse 18, this is what Paul says, that it doesn't matter what their motives are. He says their motives are going to be false or their motives are going to be genuine. But the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. And this is amazing because sometimes we can get so bogged down by the motivation that people have or don't have in their hearts. We can be so distracted and distraught by the motives of others. Sometimes when people do good, we look at them and we look at them with suspicion and then we say, why are you really doing this? We look at them and they express love and we think, what are you trying to get from me? They do us a favor, maybe only to get a favor in return. We're always questioning people's motives. But you know what Paul teaches us? He teaches us, do not care. Do not be discouraged or distraught by the motives of others. He's saying, I don't know what their motives are, and I don't care. 
What's important is that Christ is being preached. What people saw was an opportunity for Paul, because he was in prison, it gave them an opportunity to step out into the limelight and take his place. What Paul is referring to is the fact that he was able to get to a place where he was in front of others, but from prison, while others were able to be in the front of people in their physical form. So they were blown away by this. They couldn't believe it that they had this great opportunity. Paul says, don't worry about what people are doing out there right now. Because they see that my life is probably coming to an end and this is giving them an opportunity to step out. So sometimes, here's what Paul is saying. People are going to see you going through your worst and they're going to see an opportunity for themselves. Listen to me. They're going to see an opportunity for themselves. They're not going to care about you in prison. They're going to care about the fact that now they can step out and be greater than the one who's in prison. And instead of praying for you and caring about you and wanting you out, they're going to want you to stay right where you are so they can shine. So their life can get better. So that they can advance. So that they can have more. And Paul says, don't worry about that. Don't be concerned about that. Don't worry about that at all because I am the one who can remind you that God is still in control, that he's still blessing me even in these circumstances. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to care if their motivation is pure or not. I don't have to be concerned about what their plans are or aren't because God his favor is still on my life. His purpose is still in me. And it doesn't matter if everybody sees me in prison and chained to guards. I know I am free. Can we say amen to that? I am free. And I'm still powerful. I'm still effective. I can still do great things in his name. I will not be held back by anyone or anything. And I'm certainly not going to worry about the motives and the motivation that others may have for themselves or even against me. And in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 23 and 24, he goes on to describe something else. He says, I am often torn between two desires. He goes, I long to go and be with Christ, which means that for him, he wants to leave this earth. He wants to die, which he says would be far better for me. And then in verse 24, he says, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Because he knows that he can do more alive than he can dead. He knows that he can have more influence and that he can help more people, that he can help people grow in their faith. They can help people change in their lives. And then in verse 27, he goes on to explain it this way. He says, but above all, you must live, and then he says, as citizens of heaven. I want you, he says, to conduct yourselves in a manner which is worthy of the good news of Christ. And what he's saying to them is that you're going to be torn between desires all the time. 
He goes, let me tell you what I'm torn between. I'm torn between leaving and staying. And I think that sometimes we're torn in the same way. We, we want this world to end because it's such a disaster, like it really is. Everything is just so discouraging and frustrating. We look at things and we just say, may the whole thing just burn. And then sometimes we look at it and we say, what a beautiful place. What an incredible place. And we're inspired by the actions of a few or we see the beauty in nature and we look out into this world and we say, no, we don't want this to burn. We want this to thrive. We want the evil to burn. We want the wrongdoers to burn. We want people out of the way that are trying to destroy this, not this to be destroyed. And we're often torn between these two worlds or these desires. Sometimes we're torn between staying and leaving. We're torn between doing right and doing wrong. We're torn between anger, hatred, and, and love and peace. We're torn in our emotions. We're torn in our minds. Sometimes we're torn even in our purpose. Sometimes people come along and they present us facts. And we look at these things and we say, yeah, this must be true. And then someone else comes along and, and, and presents us facts. And we look at this and we say, but how can this be true? And sometimes we're torn between facts. We're torn between evidence. We're torn between science. We're torn between faith. We're torn between so much. And if you think about it, we are always torn between two worlds. And so what you need in a world that is so divisive is something that unifies you in your mind and in your spirit that will unify you in your soul and in your body. Something that will have to supersede everything else. And for Paul, what it is is the word of God. What it is is his relationship with God. He puts that not just as his foundation, but it's his anchor. It's not just his anchor, it's his refuge. It's not just his refuge, but it's his, it's his path. And anytime he's finding himself divided and torn between two worlds, he turns back to the source and he says, what does the source have to say? In all of this, I will not allow myself to be divided. I will not allow myself to be torn between these two worlds. And he says, I will not choose for myself whether I stay or whether I go. Whether I go or whether I stay, I will let God choose for me. And I don't know if you guys have this as a pattern in your life where, where you ask God, God, show me the truth. Show me the path. Help me to understand what is dividing me. And help me to have unity in my mind and in my heart and in my life. Shine your light on the path and help me to understand it. But we don't just ask these things. We have to also search them. The Bible asks us to not just ask God and keep it spiritual, but he also wants it to be factual by going to the scriptures and seeing what they say. And so Paul says, because the Bible tells me not to worry about my death, because life cannot end with death, I will not worry about death. 
No, Paul isn't strong because he's just strong of character and strong of resolve and strong because he's got facts that someone else doesn't have, but it's because he's trusting in the promises of God. And so consider, he says, where you will be most effective and then live differently than others. And I'm sure that if you're in prison and you're getting tortured and you're on death row and you've been accused falsely and you shouldn't be there in the first place, I'm sure you're going to waste a lot of time just being angry about this and trying to prove that you're innocent and trying to get help from others to help you get out of it and try to get your story. But you know what Paul does the whole time that he's there? He doesn't write about how he's innocent. He writes how you can still experience the blessing and the favor of God in spite of the fact that everything in this world can be against you. He takes the time that he's in prison not to talk about how he's wrongly there, but how even when he is in prison, how he can still be a blessing in the lives of others. And God is reminding us that in the moments in which it is always about us, that it's actually not. Paul is showing us that whenever we think it's all about us, it actually never is. That he's got a greater plan and a greater purpose, and he's moving us out of where we are into the lives of those who need it most. And we say amen to that? Isn't that amazing? that God would do such an amazing and powerful thing. So consider this for yourselves. And Paul puts it this way. He says, to live is Christ. To die is gain. And, and what he means by that is, is that even as I live for Jesus, I'm going to have incredible progress and joy, and I'm going to still progress and give others the opportunity to progress and have joy as well. That this is not just about me and my moment, and it's not just about what I'm going through, but it's what God can do in my life and through it for the benefit of others. I want you to think about how God is able to powerfully use you today to powerfully work in your life, to see yourself not chained by the guards, but the guards are chained to you. To see yourself not in a prison, but to see yourself in a holding cell where you're writing, where you're thinking, where your creativity, where your expression of self, where your opportunity to be a blessing, where your encouragement, where your teaching, where all that God is giving you an opportunity to be and to do and to exemplify is right here in that moment. 
that while others look at it as a place that holds you, what you see it as an opportunity to go even further out into the world. Paul saw it exactly like that. He said, God, I see what you're doing. I see that they have one plan, but I see that you've got another. And what he did is that he made sure that his plan always aligned with his purpose. Now, people are always going to come into your life, and they're going to have a great plan for your life. People are going to come in, and they're going to have a plan that they are going to want to impose on your life. And without even knowing and realizing it, they are going to derail you from your plan and your purpose. They don't even intentionally do it, but they just have that kind of power and influence when they come into your life. And you give them that kind of power and influence that whatever they end up offering you, it just seems better than what you have at the time. Or it seems like whatever you could have next isn't going to be as good as what you have right now. And so you accept it. And you say, this is going to be my life. It's going to be this. This is where I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to be with. This is what I'm going to do. This is what it's going to look like. And you accept all that it has to offer. And I want you to understand that even though Paul was in prison and he was under someone else's agenda and someone else's power and influence, under someone else's whim of plan and purpose, he never allowed any of that to keep him from fulfilling God's plan and his purpose in his life. It couldn't stop him, and it wouldn't stop him, and it wasn't going to stop him because it didn't matter what others did. It didn't matter what others were motivated by. It didn't matter what they actually implemented. It didn't matter what they had in store for him. None of it mattered. What mattered was what God wanted for Paul. And I want you to understand this, that no matter what is happening in your life, around your life, or to your life, the only thing that matters is the plan and purpose that God has for you. And how we can take that moment, whatever moment that you are in, and use it powerfully to make a difference in the lives of others. That even when you feel like you are nothing but a prisoner, he's showing you that you are nothing other than free. And that even in that moment, when it looks like from the outside that you're the one who's chained to the guards, in reality, it is the guards who are chained to you. Can we say amen to that? God is always in control. And so I want you to go out there and live this life with a new purpose. I want you to go out with a new understanding of what is actually going on. That when it looks like everyone else has power over you, no one has power over you unless you let them. But when you revert back to God's calling, revert back to his plan, revert back to his purpose, revert back to his design for your life, then you are always free. No matter what the circumstances are. And you will be as great in freedom as you would be in prison. There's no difference. Not with God. Paul is just as effective whether he's walking the streets or he's chained to two guards in a prison cell. It makes no difference to Paul. He doesn't stop who he is. It doesn't stop him from doing everything that he's supposed to do. 
Nothing changes for Paul. He stays exactly the same. Because it doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter what they're plotting. It doesn't matter what evil plans they have for us. None of it matters. Not when you're under the control and the love and the protection and the peace and the prosperity of God. None of it matters. And so when you start to live like this, and think like this, no matter what the circumstances are, you are never, ever going to feel imprisoned. Never imprisoned in your home because of a lockdown. Never imprisoned in your life and business. Never imprisoned in your relationship. Never imprisoned because of legislation. Never imprisoned because of someone's opinion. Never imprisoned because of motivation that is good or bad. Never imprisoned because someone's evil plans or plans that are not evil in and of themselves, but they're just going to derail and distract you from your true purpose. No matter what it is, when you focus in on who God is and what he has in store for you, then we will also be like Paul. We will be just like him. Where we are not chained to the guards, the guards are chained to us. God bless you. Can we pray? So, Father, I want to thank you for this time together, for your word, for the way that it inspires us and challenges us, for the way that it speaks to us, for the way that it builds us up and doesn't tear us down, for the way that it reveals to us your true intentions and purposes for our life. And Lord, however we have felt discouraged, however we have felt down, however we have felt distraught, however we have looked at our lives and, and somehow just seen nothing else but destruction, I pray that in this moment, Lord, we would have our eyes opened to see what Paul saw as, as opportunity, O oh Lord, to do even what you have always called us to do. The circumstances have changed, but our purpose remains the same. And that is to live our best life no matter where it is, no matter how the circumstances may try to hold us back from living that, experiencing that, and even just doing that for those around us. I thank you for your word today, for how it shows us and encourages us and inspires us to live with a new purpose. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.